Thank you. Well, that was great. <laughs> Technical difficulties. I just wanted to say my name's Flick. It is so good to, to have you here online and joining us today. Thank you so much. It's just incredible. We've got um, the team getting ready in the background to, uh, to just, yeah, welcome you to church today. Um, Shafin is preaching on Risk It, about risking your Christianity, about going forward and asking your friends to church, speaking about Jesus, asking for people for them just really um, living life on the edge I suppose so so good to have you don't forget to say hi don't forget to comment so looking forward to seeing you
Oh 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Church, just lift your hands right now in surrender all across this place. Just let everything go. Just you and God right here in this moment. There is nothing like his love. There is nothing like his love. It washes away every fear. It washes away every heartache. It washes away every pain. No matter what, no matter what you've been through this week, his love is enough. Lord, surrender. We surrender right now in the presence of your love. God, we just take this moment. We just take this moment to recognize you and to recognize your presence. Jesus name. We're gonna sing that again. I just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sing it out, church. There's nothing like this one. across this place. We thank you that your love is enough, that you're the same yesterday, today and forever, that you have every single name. Lord, and we just worship you and glorify your name. In Jesus' name, everyone said, give him praise this morning, tonight. Woo! So good. Thanks, team. You guys rock it every week. How are you all? Good. How can you not be good after that? I'm Flick. It is so good to have you here at church. I know a lot of people in this place. There's some people I don't know. Before you take your seats, why don't you just say hi, how are you, to three people and a highlight maybe of your weekend. 
posh fellow for the crowd. So good. We've got a bunch of talkers here today. <laughs> I sound really loud. Is it just me or am I really that cool? Like I said, I'm Flick. It is so good to be here with you today. Awesome. So good. Man, everyone's got a lot to catch up on by the sounds of things. That's brilliant. We are a very welcoming bunch here at Everlife Church. It's part of who we are. You can't get away from it. All right. It's great. And if you are here for the first time, I want to say a huge thank you. I don't want to your hand up, I just want to wave to you. Just incognito, hello, yeah, everyone, give them a round of applause. Hello, hello, so good. Like I said, we love having a bit of a like banter, a bit of a chat, so especially after COVID, I find that longer and longer people stay after the service, and the way is by creating an after party, which, which kind of just over across the foyer, where there is food, there is fun, there is Fanta. I don't know if there's Fanta, I just made that one up. And there's Flick. So <laughs> I also just tagged that on the end. But I'd love to say hi to you. So come and say hi. I'll be, um, I'll be uh, over there at the after party. Um, on that, we actually have a, um, we have dinner parties that have started up again last week. So if you, if it is your first time and you're like, what is dinner parties? It sounds very la-di-da. It is not. It's not la-di-da. It is literally dinner and a party and some great chats and just building community on a very real level. That's how Everlife Church started. If you didn't know that, that's a bit of trivia for you. Um, there's not going to be a quiz. It's all good. You're off the hook. But yeah, we, it's every Thursday night. Um, we've got 11 places around Perth now. Man, that is growing. Every time I get up here, it's like five, six, seven. Now we're up to 11, which is amazing. So if you are interested in checking it out, we it's, it's a huge part of our vision. We love to grow together. It's who we are as a church. And so if you're interested, come and chat to me or anyone wearing a lanyard. Um, also, Dave is sitting here in the front row, front and centre, and he knows the details as well and Shay. Actually, anyone, anyone you're sitting next to probably knows because I think a lot of us are part of um, dinner parties. It's a highlight of my week. I can't wait to get back into it. So, yeah, if you want to come along and check it out, we've got to try before you buy a policy. The food wasn't that great. You can move along. <laughs> hey, I've done it. You can move along and just see one that gels with you. So just, yeah, all over Perth. So just come and have a chat to us at the after party and we'll have a chat to you about it. Um, we do like to party here at Everlife. So in two Tuesdays time, so not next Tuesday, the Tuesday after, our welcome party has rolled around again. So if you've been coming for a couple of months and you're not sure if you want to make Everlife home or you just want a little bit more information than you get on the Sunday to Sunday kind of feel, come along. We've got, I went to the last one. It was amazing. A lot of fun. Um, it goes from 7 to 8.30, so only an hour and a half out of your week. And it's just...
team to share the vision. It's just for our team to just have a chat to you um, on a very informal level. There is food as well. So, um, yeah, if you're interested, you can go onto the website and sign up that way. Or, again, just have a chat to me, have a chat to Shafe, anyone with a lanyard. We'd be happy to just give you more details and hope to see you there. Um, we don't have the promo video. No, all good. So, I just want to, before Shafe gets up in a little while, I want to just take time to encourage us around our giving today. Um... Look, I've had people who are non-Christians actually watch online, some of my friends, and they're like, oh, so you're one of those churches that give money. And I was like, yeah. And so it's really made me stop and question, do we, why do we give tithes? Why do we give money? I know, like, why, but to explain it to someone who just comes from not knowing at all, it is really put you on the spot. And so I was talking to someone the other day, it's the best way I could describe it. But every morning during the week, I make a coffee for my husband, Jake. I get up early. I grind the beans. <laughs> he has it good, guys. He has it pretty good. I love you too, babe. But every morning when I can get up, I make him a coffee and I put it on the bench and I'm like, coffee's made, babe. And sometimes I go without because... I've been rushing around, I've got a 10-month-old to take care of, I've got to get to work. And so, without fail, we've kind of got into this habit of Jake always gives me the first sip of coffee. Without fail. And it's really nice, it's a moment, it's a, it's a really nice, you know, it is lovely. I don't demand it, I don't expect it, I don't, you know, always offers it and so it got me thinking and there's a scripture in the bible that says honor the lord with your wealth with the first fruits of all your crops and it got me thinking that some weeks i completely forget to tithe i'm sure i'm not alone if we're being honest sometimes i did have it set up as like continuously going i'm like it just doesn't feel like there's no weight behind it and so sometimes i forget and then it's like oh man i have to come back around and like yeah I'll, I'll get you next time god you know that's but there's the whole principle of god doesn't expect it he doesn't he doesn't demand it it's an act of i love you take the first take take a take a very real way of saying god i love you i worship you the best way I can describe it and so if you yeah if you want to give give there's no obligation but just have that your, your the position of your heart um, and I'm just going to pray thank you Jesus that we have the opportunity to be before you and that we have the opportunity to give into your kingdom God Lord you are the best you know everything that we need and you always come through no matter what no matter what's going on in and around our lives, God, we just can trust and put our faith in you, God. And we just right now bless the gift and the giver as we just give faithfully today. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Hey, um, here's the way to give, by the way. And just while we're speaking about giving, I just thought I'd come up and share about our... Each and every one of you play a part in the lives of young people in our state. Um, you know, we are back 
Friday, last Friday, we were back for the first time at youth, and we had our young people there. It was awesome. They had encounters, and then yesterday we all went to Youth Alive conference. WA is like a one-day conference, and uh, oh man, it was just so amazing. So good to be back in a place all together with. I think we had around 800 young people. Um, that dozens of youth ministries represented. It's just great. And there's stuff happening in the young people of our state and you guys are direct contributors to that in the way that you give and it's so cool. So I wanted to let you know that in two weeks time, next Friday, we have one of our big events coming up. We call it The Sound. And the idea behind The Sound is um, sound reverberates. You know, air particles hit air particles to make sound. And so when there's a sound, it's like a, it's like a ripple effect outwards. And so we call these events to sound prophetically because we believe it's going to be something that happens in a moment that ripples outwards. And uh, so we have this awesome event. We throw, like, we hire all this stuff. We make it across nowhere finds their connection to God. Um, and so it's just such an awesome place to be around. Um, would love to have new young people there. And we Give it up for Jaden and our youth. So good. Did you know that if you go to the sound, you will become as cool as those two people on the screen? Literally, Dan and Emma, just bringing the coolness to Everlife, making us all look good. So awesome. So good to have everyone here with us here tonight, especially those that are with us here for the first time. See a lot of faces that have come back from spending time. Man, I looked at Instagram over the last few weeks. Some of you were in like Caratha, somewhere in Albany, somewhere. It's just like, there's good weather. We're out of COVID. It's school holidays. We're out. So we had about three people here last week. It was great. Um, and it's good to have all the rest of you here. Really, really cool. Also, welcome to those that are online. We're so glad that you can join us. Yeah, let's give them a big cheer. So good. We love you. We appreciate you. Um, we've got people that kind of call Everlife home, although they've never even physically been here. And we appreciate you, Sarah and Alan, who are moving to Australia. In fact, you might even be here, so we can't wait for them coming. It'll be really good. Uh, my name is Shafen, for those of you that don't know me. Say, Shafen. I've got a mint in my mouth, so I'll put it in my pocket. <laughs> Have any of you ever chewed a chewing gum, bit of chewing gum, and you your hand, come on. I'm the only, ah, thank you. Someone else in the room. <laughs> He's like, put his hand down real quickly. Um, so good. Hey, well, it's good that you're back from your various adventures because we are starting a new adventure and we are kicking off a new series tonight called Risk It. Everyone say, Risk It Biscuit. You're not going to forget that now. Risk It Biscuit. Um, because the truth is, the reason we're doing this series is because anyone who's ever achieved anything of significance will never do it without taking some steps of risk somewhere along the line of their journey. And, um, and we believe today at Everloft Church that we want to be a church that 
is not scared of taking risks. See, we live in a bit of a risk-adverse society. I mean, over the last few years, there's been a saying emerging throughout the parenting community called helicopter parenting, where helicopter parents just, just don't let their kids within, you know, out of a three sort of metre radius, and they're wrapped in bubble wrap and cotton wool and everything, and they're not allowed to do anything. Life, we've become a bit risk adverse, and especially coming into COVID and out of COVID, we're like, we're, we're, we're a little bit risk adverse. But the thing is, if we live sanitized lives, we always get sanitized results. If you live a sanitized, risk free life, then you get a good, sanitized kind of life. But God doesn't want us just to have a sanitized life, He wants us to have a fruitful life where we can the great things that God has for us and it requires us to take steps of risk. Um, I've got a few quotes from a few risk takers that I'd like to read out to you just to get the taste buds going. Um, one from Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the biggest risk is not taking any risk. In a world that's changing really quickly, the only strategy that is guaranteed to fail is not taking risks. The next quote is from Dennis Waitley. He said, life is inherently risky. Just laugh, just live life, it's risky. There is only one risk you should avoid at all costs and that is the risk of doing nothing. Frank Scully said, why not go out on a limb? Isn't that where the fruit is? We don't want to stay close to the trunk where it's safe, but we want to go out in the breeze where we can get out and actually taste the fruits. We want to go where it gets windy that's where the fruit is, the substance of life. William G.T. Shedd said, A ship in a harbour is safe, but that is not what ships are built for. A ship is built for navigating the wild, uncontrollable, unpredictable seas. And you have not been created to stay safe in a harbour, but to navigate the wild seas that God has for us. T.S. Eliot said, Only those who risk going too far can possibly find out how far it is possible to go. Like Christopher Columbus, who's told, don't go too far, you'll fall off the edge of the earth. He went too far, but he found out how actually far he could make it. Uh, Michael Jordan said, I can't, I can accept failure. Everybody fails at something. Just breathe. <sighs> it's okay. Everybody fails at something, but I can't accept not trying, not taking a risk. Anonymous. He said, whoever he or she is, take risks. If you win, you'll be happy. If you lose, you'll be wise. It's a win-win situation. Take risks. And finally, Wayne Gretzky. He said, you'll always miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. <laughs> Come on, let's take some shots here at Everlife. And so in this series, we're not about taking stupid risks, right? But we are about taking courageous risks. And, and biblically, what we're invited by God to do is to take courageous steps of faith. You spell faith R-I-S-K. Go and ask your teacher. She'll confirm it or he'll confirm it with me. Um, every significant move of God has always involved risk. Um, it was actually in 1956, there were five American missionaries aged between 28 and 32 and they went on a bit of a secret mission. They didn't tell their friends about it because they didn't want them to tell them not to do it. And they got in a little plane and they, fell, they flew into the, um, the Amazon jungle in Ecuador to reach a cannibalistic kind of tribe. And they landed on the, on the sandy uh, runway of the river 
And after a few trips, they began to build relationships. But on one of those trips, they were by nine-foot spears because one of them thought that they were going to eat them and there's a misunderstanding happening. But these guys laid their lives down to bring the gospel to this tribe. They knew of the risk that they were entering into, but it was worth it. In fact, they were armed with guns. Um, but rather than shooting those who were killing them, they tried to scare them away by shooting into the air, but they all lost their lives. And what happened is one of the widows and some of the people related to them actually took another risk. Rather than giving up, they actually went back to that jungle and through that they were able to bring the gospel and that village was reached with the love of Jesus. You know, your life might not be that dramatic, but I can tell you every single move of God requires us to take risk, to take bold and courageous steps of faith. We want to be people willing to take great risks to see as many people as possible spend eternity in heaven instead of hell. That's, that's what we exist for on this planet, um, both as individuals and a church. Ecclesia, we're a church. In the Greek word for church is ecclesia, which really means a group of people gathered together to fulfill a purpose. Uh, we're a bunch of friends that just want to make a difference in this world as a church and as individuals. Tonight we're going to have a look at how the Israelites found courage to take a big step of risk, a big step of faith, to enter into the promised land that God had for them. And so we're going to have a look at the account of the Israelites from our Numbers and from Joshua. But before we do that, I'm just going to pray and ask that God could speak to us tonight. Lord God, I thank you so much for every single person in this place, Lord, every single person listening and watching at the moment as well, God. And I thank you, God, that you have called us, Lord, to, to take tailor-made steps of risk, Steps of faith in our lives, God, that we could see the power of God in and through our lives. And I pray, Lord, that through this series, that you would allow courage to rise up in our hearts. That we wouldn't be driven by fear, but by faith in your promise, Lord God. We say, come and have your way in us, God. In Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. And so, Israelites, the Israelites were God's chosen people. And the Israelites were actually given, they were promised that they would be given a promised land, the land of Canaan. Um, but they spent 400 years as slaves in Egypt, dreaming about the promised land. Until one day God rescued them through Moses. He took them out of prison, out of slavery, and he set them free on track to enter into the promised land. And so they made their way through the desert and they got right up to the threshold of entering into the land of Canaan. And the one barrier that blocked them was the Jordan River. So they came right to the precipice of stepping into the land that God had promised them already. So what they did is they sent 12 spies into the land of Canaan to suss it out. What kind of land is the land? What kind of people live there? And so they came back with a report. And this was their report from Numbers chapter 13, verse 27. It said, We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. And on their backs, they found a cluster of grapes that actually took two people to carry on a pole. I want to have those grapes. They would be very juicy. And so it was a fruitful, it was an abundant land that God had prepared for them. Let me tell you that God has an abundant land for you. It might not be easy, it might not be perfect, but there's, there's a sense of an abundance that God has for you and I in this life and especially in 
And so while they recognized the value of the promised land, they've recognized the value of it, they withdrew in fear because of what they saw. And then we read on. But the people living there, they went on to say, 10 of the 12 spies gave this bad report. But the people living there are powerful and the towns are large and fortified. And we even saw giants there, the descendants of... But then Caleb was listening to this, Caleb and Joshua, the two other spies, and they're thinking, no, stop talking. You're polluting. You're, you're infecting these people with fear rather than faith. And so Caleb tries to speak up. He tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. He said, no, 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 let's go at once to take the land. We can certainly conquer it. But it was like it's just a losing battle. As, as he was talking, it was almost like it was too late. Fear. And it goes on to say, but the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. Had you ever that sense in your life? You're on the precipice of taking a step and there's this dread. This, this, I'm, I'm going to be devoured by this thing. The giant, this is just too much for me to step into. All the people we saw, they were huge. We even saw the descendants of Anak. And next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. They were intimidated by these giants. And the sad thing is, is that when they focus on the size of the giants rather than the size of their God, then courage just drained out of them. Fear came in. And the tragic, the tragedy is that they were right on the precipice of stepping into their promise and they withdrew into the desert where they spent 40 whole years in the desert, wandering around in the desert until an entire generation died and dropped off one by one in the desert, missing out on the promise that God had for them. And a fear in our life can prevent us from stepping into what God has for us. The fear of what other people think. The fear of man. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 25 says that the fear of man, the fear of what other people think, it, I tell you what, it grips the world. And the fear can be like a snare that it, it traps us and it keeps us from moving forward. The fear of failure. What if I fail? The fear of the future. Maybe the fear of hard work. You, you know you have a sense of what God is calling you to, but... Gee, it just feels too hard for us to do. And then there can be also the spirit of fear, a, a, a spiritual kind of demonic attack where there's something that grips your heart with this, this almost irrational fear that completely holds you down from moving forward. So they spent a long time in the desert, 40 whole years until it passed, until every single person died off except for Caleb and Joshua the only two spies who came back and said, we can do this without God. And so God led them after 40 years right up to the precipice again of stepping into the Jordan River. Um, I don't know about you, but you, maybe like me, there were some generational things that passed down from generation to generation that each generation is given an opportunity to actually break free from. Now, maybe your parents, maybe your, an your ancestors, your grandparents, didn't, they came to the, the, the precipice of their own Jordan and they didn't cross over in some areas of their life. And now a new generation is rising up and you're at your precipice of actually breaking free from those generational things that have been passed down, living a new way, a new pattern. 
maybe making life-giving choices, maybe shifting your perspective and, and allowing your mind to truth rather than being... They said we still, they still face the same problems. It was still the giants that existed there. The giants had giant kids. Um, the town still existed there. The walls were still there. It was there, and when they got to the Jordan River, it was actually in flood season. And the Jordan River, it's known that the Jordan River can be between three feet and uh, 12 feet deep. And it can run up to 60 kilometres an hour um, in flood season. And so the Israelites came and it was, they were facing this impossible for them. Still the same problems, but what they needed to do is focus not on the giants, but on their God. And so what happened is God appeared to Joshua and he gave Joshua and gave him some straight talk. And maybe tonight as I read through this, Joshua 1, 6 to 9, then you can receive some straight talk from God tonight. Straight to you. As you're on the precipice of what God has for you in your next season of life, why don't you receive this as an encouragement, as a challenge from God? This is what God said to Joshua. He said, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous For you are the one to lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. You, not someone else. Maybe you think, well, I'm not the one. But let me tell you, God says, no, 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 you are the one. You are the one. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instruction Moses gave you. Don't deviate from them, turning into theft. Then you will be successful in everything you do. In other words, listen to what? I'm saying to you, listen to what where I'm leading you rather than worrying about where everyone else thinks that you should go. Study this book of instruction continuously. Meditate on it. Get my truth into your heart. Not the, the lies or the distractions of this world. Get truth into your heart day and night so you'll be sure to obey it, to apply it in everything, um, every, to obey everything written in it. Only then, only as you follow my leading will you prosper. And succeed in all you do. Again, this is my command. He's been pretty strong with Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. If you've dropped your car, pick it up again. Make sure you pick it up again. If you've lost your courage tonight, maybe right now you can make your decision of going, okay, although I've dropped my I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to pick it up again. I'm going to choose to be courageous. Do not be discouraged or afraid, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Such a powerful bit of scripture. Okay. Every morning we say this to our kids. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And our son Winter says it sometimes to us. Be strong and courageous. And sometimes he says it to us. It's so encouraging. Even though you're five years old, I'm just like feeling it right now. I need to pick up my courage again. Thank you, Winter. And so in contrast to the first generation that spread fear, Joshua and Caleb began to spread faith by the words that they spoke. Joshua chapter 1, verse 10 to 11. Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel, go throughout the camp, go around and tell everyone, tell the people to get ready, get their provisions ready because in three days you will cross the Jordan River And take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. So, skipping forward, chapter 3, verse 2. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. The officers caught the vision and they're passing it on. 
that when it passed on to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. In other words, when you see the priest box with angels on it that represented the presence of God, when you see God moving, follow. Follow God's leading because he's leading you to possess and to be courageous to possess the land that he's given us. And so, Joshua 3.13, the priests will carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touches the water, not before it, have you wanted God to like stop the water flowing before you put your foot in the water? Yeah. God, if you just open the way, God's like, well, you take the first step. No, after you, after you. And it's actually, no, no, as soon as we take the first step, then the power of God is released. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. And so, it goes on to say, Joshua 3.15, It was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, Adam which is near Zarathan. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. And then all of the people, one and a half million approximately people, crossed on the dry bed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. And they waited there until the whole nation of Israel crossed the Jordan River on dry ground. I reckon they got pretty sore shoulders, those priests. I wonder how long they had to stand there. It's like, hurry up. <laughs> Well, I would have crossed on dry land into the promised land because someone was willing to risk. Caleb decided to believe in God and take a great risk. Risk for ourselves, but especially on behalf of others. And so tonight I've just got some keys to courage that I'd love to give us. Keys for you to be courageous in your life. And so the first key is this. God wants us to have faith in the promise. You can have a look back at it later when, you're, when you need some courage. God, if you, if you want some keys to courage, the first key is this. To have put your faith in the promise. Everyone say, faith in the promise. Faith in the promise. God has a promise that he wants you to put your faith in. Um, I remember when we were living in Melbourne and the kids were a little bit younger, we used to drive around and I used to pretend to our kids that I could see giants. <laughs> I know. Um, I, I wasn't lying, it was a creative license. Um, and, and we'd be driving along and be like, hey kids, can you see the giant? And they'd be like, what, where? There it is, where? Oh, just behind the building, you just missed it. You know, they're reading about the BFG, and so their imaginations began to go wild. And every now and then we're driving along and just randomly, there it is! And oh, Dad. And they're asking questions about the giants. And, you know, there's this whole, like, video playing in their mind. And they're just, they're just having an exciting time thinking that there's giants. Maybe I'll tell them one day they don't exist. Um, but this is what these ten spies were doing. Where, where, where they saw the giants, but then they infected other people with fear, and the whole nation began dreaming, role-playing, just playing this video in their mind, waking up in cold sweat, and the land's great, and, and it's like they just, they, they whipped themselves up into a fear frenzy, because they just were focusing on the giants, 
rather than their God. See, Proverbs 26.13 says, The lazy person, person claims, Run on the road. I'm sure there's a line out there. I, I can't go outside because what if something goes wrong? What if I fail? I'm sure themselves. The giants is too scary and it's too big for God. And so it affected their walk. Talk affected their walk. What is your talk? Don't talk or let your talk affect your walk, but make sure you're talking the right words so that you can walk in the right direction. Do the talk, put your faith in the promise of God so you can enter into the things that God has for you. See, courage is not based on emotion, but on faith in the promises of God. Faith isn't some kind of elusive emotion you wait for. If you wait for the feeling of courage, it probably won't come. But as you put your faith in the Word of God, in the promise of God, there's something that rises up within you and a new courage that is based on not your strength, but the strength that God has that will compel you forward. See, Peter, when he was on the boat with the 12 disciples, he saw Jesus walking on water. And he said, and this is what he said in Matthew 14, verse 28. Peter called out to Jesus, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Imagine if it wasn't Yeah, yeah, come. I thought of that. Peter just like jumping and there goes Peter. The end. <laughs> Thank God it was Jesus. Been walking on water, I guess, at that time. And so Jesus said, yes, come. Jesus gave Peter a promise. Come to me. And so Peter went over the side of the boat and he did, not, he did what no one has ever done. And he walked on the water towards Jesus. And this is the power of Peter that held him up, but the power of the promise. It wasn't Peter's own power that somehow he managed to walk on the water. It was the power of the promise that he put his faith on that caused the reason why we shouldn't. And we can take our focus off. the waves and put our faith in the promise of God's word. And so we remember earlier where Jesus commanded Joshua to be strong and courageous. He commanded Joshua to be strong and courageous and he said, fill your life with my promises, with the word of God. Meditate. is to put your faith in the promises of God, which are found in his word. In the Bible, if you want to be a courageous people, fill your life up with the Word of God. Um, when Jess and I, we tell the story a, a fair bit because it's so relevant to our lives. But when we came to start Everlife Church, we've been living in Melbourne for four years. We're going, is this you, God? If that's you, Jesus, would you call us out on the water? Because if it's not you, we're going to drown. And God's word to us came through a portion of Scripture where. King David was commissioning his son David, his son Solomon, to build the temple. He said, Solomon, you're going to build a temple. 
for my presence to come and fill. And he said, by the way, I've supplied all of the resources, all of the gold and the jewels and everything you need to build the temple and all the skilled laborers to help you build it and put it together. And so that, for us, was a word that God had given us. We're going, okay, God, you called us to build a temple, not made by bricks, but by people. I'm not calling you bricks. Um, But to build a temple that my presence can feel, where many people can come and and know me. And my promise is I'll provide the skilled workers, which he has amazingly, and the financial provision. And I can tell you there's been some times along the journey where the waves have felt pretty big. We've looked at the giants, and there's probably been two significant times in the journey where I've just been, ah, am I, can I even do this? Am I, are we even meant to do this? You're faced with your own fears and failures and weaknesses, and I'm so limited in what I can do. God, and, and you begin to lose your, your courage, you get discouraged. But what we needed to do is to get back to the word that God has spoken to us. God, you promise. Through prayer, we come together. And as, as me on my own and Jess and I, together we begin to pray, God, your word said, we put our hope and, our, and our, the weight of our faith, we put it on you. God, you promised, Lord, that you would give us the grace to build this temple. You provide the people. You provide the provision. And then what would happen is we anchor ourselves into the word of God. New faith and courage would rise up in our heart. And it's like, yeah, come on. We can, we can do this. Not based on our strength but on the promise of his word. So the first key, and this is a, long, a longer one, is to put your faith in the promise. The second key to you finding courage is to rest in his presence. Everyone say, rest in his presence. Um, when we take our kids swimming, especially when they were littler, um, we'd kind of when they're about two years old or something, you, you, you take them out. Into, when they're babies, it's fine. They have no idea what's going on. But when they start to get a clue and you take them out in, into the ocean about waist level, then they start to get aware of their surroundings and they just get a bit freaked out. And so Winter especially, I remember he would just, he just had this vice-like grip. Like, you know those little monkey things that the tourists get that you can just clamp it like, it's like, it's impossible to get off. Um, it's like Winter is just... He's just holding on to me so tightly. And I was saying, Winter, it, it's okay. You can just relax. I've got you. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm, holding, I'm holding you. I'm your dad. I love you. I care for you. You know, sometimes we can see God like a vending machine. Oh, yeah, faith in his promise. Like he's not a person. He's just faith in a promise and I received it. I'll put my faith in there and now I'll become a coin. Or I'll become whatever I'm, the result that I'm looking for. But, you know, God is a person. He's a father, he's a dad, he cares for us. And he invites us just to ah, relax, just be cool. Relax in his presence, rest in his presence. And when we see the picture of the ark of God, which represented the presence of God, the ark of God, which was really God's presence, Emmanuel, God with us. You know, in in the ark, there's actually um, manna, the bread that God sent from heaven. While they're walking through the desert, they stored some manna. Literally, that was a foretaste of Jesus. Jesus called himself the bread of life. So in a sense, Jesus, the presence of Jesus was with the Israelites, walking through the desert, bringing them into the promised land. And there the presence of God stopped or or stood strong in the middle of the Jordan River. In the middle of this raging torrent, the presence of God came and made a way 
through what was impossible. In the presence of God, fear is cast out. Fear, this is what fear says. Fear says that my worth and my identity is what I do. It's in my achievements. It's, it's in who the world says that I am. The approval I get from the world. See, a fear can be, what if I stuff it up? Then, then I'm not worth anything or I'm not worthy of much. I've got to continue to prove myself. It's about performance. And if our worth is based in our performance and in who others say we are and the applause, then our tanks get drained and so empty. It's fear-driven. But when we are driven by courage or by faith in the promise of God, we find that our worth and identity is in who God says we are. Our worth is found in Jesus. It's found in God. God, I'm a son and I'm a daughter of God. In fact, this, this is the key. When your identity is not wrapped up in your performance, but it's anchored in God's presence, you're truly free to risk it all because you already have everything you need. I'm just going to say it one more time. When your identity isn't wrapped up in your performance, but it's anchored in God's presence, you're actually truly free to risk everything because you already have everything you need. In God's presence, I have all that I need. I don't need anything else. Therefore, we can approach everything else in our life with an open hand and we can more readily risk it all knowing that we're anchored in God. I'm good. I'm a son of God. I've got everything I need. I'm cool if I supposedly fail in the eyes of the, in the, eyes of the world. And so the Israelites rested in the presence of God. I want to invite the team just to come back up would be awesome. And thirdly, the last key, there's probably many other keys to courage. The first one was to put your faith in God's promise. The second one is just to rest in His presence. And the third one is to have an eternal perspective. A key to courage is for you to have an eternal perspective. Uh, Oscar, our, our son, he loves to play indoor soccer. Um, and there's a contrast between his perspective when he plays soccer opposed to when he plays with his siblings. Um, when he plays with his siblings, he can be a much more prone to, if he gets injured or things, he's much more prone to feeling the pain and getting upset about and telling us all about it and everything. But then when he's on the soccer field, man, he, he's had some pretty hard bumps and he'll come down pretty solid and hit that hard sort of gym basketball court floor but then rather than coming running to us, he just get back up again and dust himself off and where's the ball? Just charge over here. He's keen because of perspective. His perspective is he's there to win the game. He's there of the win at the end. He doesn't care if he gets injured along the way. He's willing to risk it, to, to take a few bumps and bruises because he knows about the prize that is coming at the end of the game and hopefully at the end of the season. AFL Grand Final week. He's going for the Cats. Romans chapter 8 verse 18 says this yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later is there suffering in this life? yes is there suffering involved in, in following the call of God in your life? guaranteed suffering is a part of the course for you to follow Jesus and make a difference in this life 
the sooner we accept it, the freer we're going to be because we're not aiming to have a suffering-free life. We're not aiming. Our goal is smart, but our goal isn't to be void of suffering. Our goal is to suffer for something of eternal value that will count for something truly magnificent for the glory. And, and the things we suffer matter in God's eyes, but it's nothing compared to the glory. For Oscar, a few bumps and bruises, that's nothing compared to that moment when they win the game and he's with his mates and they're like, ah, it's awesome. So when you're not afraid of dying, fear has lost its hold on you. There's a, there's, it's like the heroes of the faith in the last, one of the last scriptures we're going to look at. From Hebrews chapter 11, verse 35, there's these heroes of the faith. Some of them had their prayers answered, but a lot of them didn't. Um, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 35, it says, Women receive their loved ones back again from death. I mean, that's, some, that's some good news. That's some solid faith right there. But then it goes on to list those who didn't quite receive what they're believing for in this life, but entered into the promised land that was waiting for them in eternity the ultimate promised land that we all put our hope in. He said, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. Wow, that is some faith. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. They were willing to risk their lives for the gospel. Some were jeered at, made fun of, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. Wow. And others were killed with sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats. I know they can come in and out of fashion, depending what area you're living in. Uh, they were destitute, oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. You see, these, these people were willing to risk it all because they had an eternal perspective. They knew that even if they lost their lives, it would be worth it because the glory was greater than any pain that they could face in this life. You know, imagine what would be possible if we were willing to risk everything for God, to risk everything for the call of God. I don't know whether there's people here that are on the verge of maybe God's leading you to start a new business. I don't know whether God is leading you to to begin a new relationship or to reconcile with a relationship, to be courage, to be courageous. And God, sometimes it's more courageous to step into the footy field than it is to step into someone's room and make up with them. I don't know. Maybe you need to be going for that job or that promotion, stepping into full-time ministry. You know what it is? Inviting a friend to church, asking someone if you can pray for them. But imagine what it will be possible if every single one of us said, God, I, I, I want to be a risk-taker. Not stupid, but on at, at your word, at the leading of your spirit, God, even at the risk of my life, I want to live a life that counts for eternity. Parachute. Because you might be sitting here going, Yeah, but what if I hear God wrong? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, okay, I've got it. Is that really you, Jesus? Was that really God leading me? Well, guess what? God is so good that He even uses our mistakes. And he turns it all around for our good. Romans 8.28 is our parachute. This is how good God is. And we know that God causes everything, even our misguided choices, to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. You know, with this parachute, Jess and I, we're 
we're at a season where we've got a few decisions coming up, you know, around certain areas of our life as well. And, you know, you oscillate between them. And is this God? Is, is that God? And you can, you, can, you can just feel like it's just, just not clear. But the cool thing is, is we can rest in the goodness of God for us, that he'll even take our mistakes and he'll turn them around for good. He's a good God and worth taking risks for. So we could, could we just all be standing up together in this place? I'd love just to take a moment just to, just to pray for us. I don't know what you might be facing at the moment. I don't know what your giants are. I don't know what your promised land is. I don't know what your river is. I don't know what waves you're facing at the moment facing or you're facing. But what I know is that God at the moment is saying, would you pick up your courage again? If you've been discouraged, would you pick up your courage again? Would you say yes to me? Would you say, God, I want to be a risk taker. God, I want to surrender my life afresh to you. I want to be one that's counted, not hugging the tree of the, tr- the trunk of the tree, but out on the limb where the fruit is. So maybe you want to lift your hands to God as an outward demonstration of your surrender to Him, of your yes to Him, saying, God, to you right now, Lord God, and Lord God, right now, Lord God, I, I pray for those that are here, those that are watching, that are feeling discouraged, Lord God, that have been overwhelmed by the waves. Lord, but right now, in this moment, Lord God, I pray for a fresh infilling of your strength, of your courage, Lord God, of your strength just rising up in their heart. Give them faith, Lord Jesus. And tonight, we just say yes to you again. We just say yes, Lord God, to strong and courageous, Lord God, to casting fear aside and putting faith in your word, Lord, to resting in your presence, Lord, and to having an eternal perspective, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord God, that as each person takes that step, as they step into the Jordan River, Lord God, we see the supernatural power of God release, that you do the impossible through our lives if we say yes to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you just receive from him? Receive from him as we sing together. We receive courage, Lord. We build our life in your rock, Jesus. Lord, we've been our life and your promises on your word, Lord.
our life on the rock of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Tonight, Lord God, we just come to you, Lord, and we choose to build our life upon the rock, Lord, of your promise, of your word, and of your love, God. Lord, we take, we shift our lives, and we put our faith in your word, Lord. We choose to build our life on you, Jesus. And Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that as every single person in this place take tailor-made steps of faith or risk for them, Lord, that we see and I believe it and we release it in this place. We will see the power of God released in this place in Jesus' name. Let's just thank God tonight. Thank you, God. We believe it. So good. Hey, in a moment, we're going to sing one final song. But before we do, we want to do what we do every single Sunday and that's give a new relationship with God. You know, this Jordan River could, could be a bit of a picture of a barrier between us and the ultimate promised land. You know, the, you know the ultimate promised land we have? That is heaven with God. That is a relationship with God. And there's a barrier that separates us from God, and that is a river called sin, our own guilt, our own shame, our own sin. Definition of sin on our behalf so that through him, he did the impossible. We can't stop the river from flowing. But it was the power of God that stopped the river from flowing. You know, when you put your faith in water, a dry crossing for us to step into our land, from our land of slavery to cross the river on dry land into the promised land, into his presence. We're going to take that step and I'm going to cross across dry land into the promised land. He won't make us. He won't force us, but the invitation is come to the other side. I've made a way for you. 
Maybe you're here in this place right now and, and this is the first time you've been to church. Maybe this is the first time you've heard this message. You don't understand everything, but you're going, if I can have a relationship with God, then include me. Include you in a prayer that I'm going to pray for us in this moment. This prayer is a prayer that we, we pray often. It's a prayer that says, God, I'm no, I'm no longer trying to cross the river on my own. I'm going, to, I'm going to drown. None of us are good enough. The Bible said we all fall short of the glory of God. We all fall short. We try our best. We're going to fail every time. You might make it one meter or three meters, but we're, we're, we, can't, we can't make perfection. But he who is perfect became perfect for us. And it begins with a prayer saying, God, would you forgive me? into my heart. I give my life to you in Jesus' name. So what we'd love is just every single person to close our eyes in this room. And we just want to ask you, if that's you so I know who I'm praying for tonight, would you be bold and courageous and, and in a moment, would you put your hand up nice and high so I can thank you, God. I know that a few weeks ago someone didn't quite put up their hand because they were a little bit nervous on the inside. or begin a new relationship with him, would you put up your hand nice and high so I can see it? Maybe you're online at the moment you and you, you want to say yes to God in your heart. Why don't you pray along with me? Dear God, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you made a way for me. I thank you you died for my sin and you rose from the dead to give me eternal life. Tonight, I cross the dry ground into your presence. Would you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Fill me with your love. And from this moment till the moment. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. I pray for every single person in this place, Lord. You fill them afresh with your love, with your grace, with your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's thank God together one more time. He's so good. We're going to finish off with this song, Echo. We're going to see some dancing. We're going to see some clapping. Come on. That's it. Carly, Carly shows the way. Carly shows the way. <laughs> awesome. When night has fallen.
That is a beat. That is a banger. Um, so good. What an awesome service to kick off the Risk It series with. Incredible word, Shafe. You know the one thing I love about our God is that when we take those steps of faith, He is right there, ready to meet us. So if that spoke to you, I reckon just go ahead and take that step of faith that week. Challenge me big time. Hey, if, that, if you made a decision tonight to say yes to Jesus, we want to hear all about it and we want to have a chat with you. If you want to know more information, we've already got our team who may have seen that. I don't know if you put up your hand or not. But, um, yeah, if you want to know more, come and have a chat at the after party. Don't rush off um, and that'll be awesome. Don't forget, guys, dinner parties this Thursday night, 7 o'clock. We're doing the Alpha series as well. Completely forgot to mention that before incredible um so yeah i've seen it three times i get so much out of it every single time so come along with that um i think we're doing ministry down the front anyone needing prayer or anyone needing someone just to speak over a word of encouragement on their life come down the front um straight after the service and our team will meet you here other than that have an amazing week and we'll see you at dinner parties and uh next week at church see you later